BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. On a mission to change the way consumers purchase glasses, GlassesUSA.com was created on one simple belief. Eyewear shouldn't break the bank. It's the smart way to buy glasses. GlassesUSA.com allows consumers to purchase eyewear from the convenience of their own home and offers a wide variety of high-quality frames and lenses at affordable prices and with no risk. And these aren't generic frames. These are brands like Ray-Ban, Oakley, Tom Ford, and Calvin Klein. So head on over to GlassesUSA.com, use promo code ALMIGHTY, that's promo code A-L-M-I-G-H-T-Y, and get 55% off any pair of glasses at checkout. Again, GlassesUSA.com, promo code ALMIGHTY. Wanna do bad things. That's real, yo. That's real at all, man. The more money you make, the more problems you get. And jealousy and envy is, is something that comes with the territory, man. A lot of people, it's just negative energy, like my man Puff said. What country you from? What? What ain't no country I ever heard of. They speak English and what? What? English, mother... Do you speak it? Man, you've been doing all this dope producing. You ain't had a chance to show them what time it is. So what you want me to do? Welcome to the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast. Congratulations, you have arrived at episode 439 of the Spurs Cast, the original San Antonio Spurs podcast, brought to you, of course, by ProjectSpurs.com. I'm your host, Ryan McCallum. Jose is off tonight, leading his youth league to basketball glory, and Project Spurs management won't let me go solo, which is probably a pretty good call, so I'm joined by longtime Project Spurs writer Tom Petrini. Hello, Tom. How you doing, man? I'm all right. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, I'm excited because tonight we have a very special guest on the show, Mr. Shane Young. Shane, hello, man. How are you? I'm doing decent in Louisville, Kentucky over here. How about you guys? <laughs> doing decent. I've never heard that before. You're either doing so that's like very mediocre. Uh it's, it's <laughs> I'm just yeah, like doing I would okay. Say, <laughs> the the weather the weather is not the best. I mean, yeah, it's cold one day and then it's eighty the next day. So it, yeah, I prefer it in I, uh, warm climates. <laughs> I don't wanna hear hear about cold, man. I'm in Boston right now. It was thirty eight degrees yesterday. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Well, Shane joins us from you know several institutions that he's been writing for uh, for some time. You, you hear he's from Louisville, Kentucky. So uh, Project Spurs uh, fans and Spurscast fans, if you're not familiar with Shane, you need to get familiar because you know he right now he's working with B-Ball Breakdown, FanRag Sports, and 16 Wins a Ring, um, all sites that, that uh, I'm sure that we've been a part of. Uh, as as we've you know studied the Spurs and studied the NBA in general, we're excited to have Shane on because he wrote a great piece about Kawhi Leonard uh, and his uh, MVP possibilities. And uh, you know, listening to the show, you guys all know that uh, I'm I, I, I'm a Kawhi Leonard guy. Love Kawhi Leonard. Uh, there's no way he's winning the MVP. So it's a great it's a great debate to have <laughs> on the on the show uh, here tonight. So we're just really excited to have uh, a couple of a couple of guests. One very familiar, and then of course Shane, uh, who should be new to to most of you guys. So Shane, talk to us a little bit about 
how do you got started? Uh, how did you get involved? Because you, you mentioned earlier in the pre-show, uh, fairly young guy, kind of new to the business, um, new to get, you know, obviously you don't have years and years of, of uh, writing experience, but you're already attached to some, some pretty big names. And of course, you've written this great piece that, you know, perked the interest of our staff. Um, how did you get started in this whole sports writing game? It's pretty crazy that, uh, that you asked me because out in my senior year of high school, um, you know how they say you need to start getting an idea of what you're going to do when you graduate high school. I don't think that's true at all because I had no idea. And, um, you know, I went to I, I went to my freshman year at UofL, University of Louisville, uh, since it's right up the road from me. And I didn't know what I want to do. I was a computer computer science major. And then but I've always loved the NBA. Um Contrary to what you all would probably like, I grew up a huge Los Angeles Lakers fan, mm-hmm. and um, for probably you know twelve years, I you know just idolized Kobe and the Lakers and Pal. Um, it was definitely after the days of uh, the Derek Fisher zero point four shot. So it was right. you know I'm not I'm only <laughs> I'm only twenty two years old, so uh, I didn't get to live through that. But um, I, I will say like I got into it because I just started reading Zach Lowe. I started reading uh, Kevin Arnovitz. And um, a lot of these guys, and then I saw that uh, a site called HoopsHabit.com mm-hmm. opened up. That's my first ever gig, and um, I, I, I kind of knew the editor-in-chief, Michael Dunlap, from um, Twitter. And I just DM'd him and asked him if he needed a spot. And ever since then, it's just been uh, – you all, you both know how it goes. You just start improving with every piece you write, and then eventually I just started getting on with different sites like Bebop Breakdown and um, – become credentialed with the Pacers because that's only an hour away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Very cool. So, yeah. So, like, I I have full credentialed access with the Indiana Pacers. And since from there, I've just been able to, like, you know, get into the locker room, um, do some future stories and all that stuff. So, it, it kind of just building blocks of the game, I would say. So, let me ask you, were you credentialed uh, with the Pacers during all of that Lance Stevenson stuff? Have you ever oh. been in the locker room with Lance Stevenson? I, I, need, oh. a, I need a story. <laughs> millions of times uh i during the ear blow game i was right there um uh, yeah and then then it was funny because uh after that game lebron and d wade they they always did their press conferences together Mm -hmm. i think Kyrie and lebron do it now um and and d wade said i didn't know he blew in your ear i thought your wife was the only one that's supposed to blow in your ear so Mm -hmm. i mean it it, that was pretty funny (laughs) Uh, and, and um I, you know, Lance Stevenson, I, I think the best story I could come up with that really quick is that, you know, after a bad game, he just he just notoriously just did not talk to any reporters. And every, everyone was trying to in, ask him so many questions, and he would just look at Paul, and Paul would, or Paul George would have to ask, uh, answer all the questions for him. I mean, he, he has a very weird mood whenever he has a bad game. So. Well, and now he's back with Indiana, right? Yeah. Did I hear that? Uh, yeah, three years, $12 million with a player. I think it's the team option i'm not too sure don't hold me to that it might be the team option for the last year so he's gonna he be turned down like through. go ahead tom he turned down like five years 44 from them <laughs> yep like, five like years 44 season ago right yeah he turned that oh, down to go to brutal. charlotte on a three-year 27 million i think it was crazy this is a classic case of you you get what you can get right um, yeah, <laughs> so he he's going to be there longer than Paul George, right? Man, that that's just a tough thing to answer. Like, if you hold a gun to my head, I would say Paul George is going to be gone next year. Well, why um, would he stay there? Why why would Paul George stay with Indiana? And, and suddenly, this is turned into Indiana Pacers podcast. <laughs> I think there's yeah. only one expert on Indiana here. Yeah. But, so so uh, you know, Paul George, of course, rumored to go to Los Angeles, uh, the Lakers in in, in Los Angeles, yeah. uh, hometown team. Why would you stay with Indiana? I, you know, really quick, I think that the main thing is that I think that Larry Bird and Paul himself are banking on him making all-NBA team next summer or next year. And if he makes all-NBA team next year, he's eligible for the contract extension that will boost him above $200 million. Um, So, like, you know, that's a big prize. I mean, you know, he'll be – I think he'll be yep. – 56 years old at that point so i mean he'll you know he'll want to cash in on something big um i think that if he gets that all nba spot next year then he's he'll definitely probably resign but you know he probably won't he he might not get that selection because you you know how you know how diluted the forward spot is now so that's right that's right and you know he's kind of an in-betweener because i know that they had him play a, you know a bit of power forward as well which was <laughs> which is an interesting spot for paul, for paul george yeah 
Yeah, he doesn't like power forward too much. So. No, I don't think so. I get run over. And we kind of have an in-betweener there uh, in, down in San Antonio. And I know it's the subject of, of our podcast here. We want to talk some Kawhi Leonard. And, and this guy kind of bounces between all all positions. But, um, you know, I, I want you to, to talk a little bit about your piece and just sort of intro what you've, what you've written there about Kawhi Leonard, his MVP chances. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I primarily decided to write this piece because I actually started production on March 3rd. And, uh, you know, with school and stuff, you, I had to just keep on pacing myself. And uh, the main reason I wrote it so long, you know, it was over like 10,000, it was 9,000 words is because yeah, I wanted to be exhausting. Yeah, it was just every day I had to keep on updating stuff. And um, I, I started to write it after the Kawhi Leonard versus James Harden game where he blocked he blocked Harden, then hit yep. the three-pointer mm-hmm. or vice versa. Um mm-hmm. And, you know, you know, since then, I just wanted to make sure every candidate got enough justification, you know, at least 800 words or so about why they could win MVP. So I, I wanted to make it thorough. And uh, about Kawhi, about Kawhi's section, I, you know, I'll just start by saying that I really just am going to be ticked off if a lot of the, you know, if, if he finishes third or fourth in this race. And, and I wanted to write this piece to maybe shed some light on if there are any voters that follow me, I'm not too sure, but um, I really think that they should consider that a, a guy that's on a 64 or 65 win team, depending on what happens tonight, um, it, they could be the first seed. And I, it, it's just rare. It's very rare that you see the best player, a dominant player on a 65 win team that has the top seed, not get MVP. Or for or second in the race, so I wanted to shed some light on that. You know, it's really we're, we're going to talk about. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Can, I, can I jump in? Yeah, Tom, go ahead. We're going to talk about Kawhi uh, uh, like a lot later on, yeah. but before any discussion about the MVP race, you kind of have to provide a framework. That's just the nature of it. Now, uh, you started by kind of commenting on the subjective idea of what an MVP is. Uh, and I thought you devised a pretty clever stat that you called uh, oh, yeah. an MVP rating. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, I want to get your thoughts on what makes an MVP. And then if you could explain how you came up with that rating system and what exactly it measures. Yeah, see, the uh, about what determines an MVP. Um, honestly, I think my first um, paragraph talked about how it's so subjective and it's not a perfect science. And that's probably the beauty of it, wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you guys say that like we can determine our own definition of what it is? If if someone told us an MVP had to be the guy with the most, you know, if you add up all points, assists, and rebounds, it had to be that guy, or it had to be the guy that's on the first seed of the team, then it wouldn't be any fun. So like this year is probably the, right. the the most fun year we've had since 2006. We had Kobe, we had Dirk, Nash, LeBron, all in that race that year, and it, it was just beautiful. And um, now. I think what makes an MVP, I've always had this definition, and I, I tell this to people that I work with and everything, all my local friends, I say, it has to be the most dominant player on a powerhouse team. Now, whatever you determine a powerhouse team, if you determine that's a top three seed, okay. If you determine that's a, only the first seed, then you know whatever, but it just has to be a team. I would prefer it to be a 55, you know, 50 win team, and it has to be the best player you know, you know, he, the undis- indisputably best player on that team, and you know, three guys fit that description. Um, one, well, one was Durant before the injury, obviously, because Durant would have been number one right. for me. I was going to ask you yeah. about that. What, what would you say yeah. about Golden State um, with with Kevin Durant there? Yeah, okay. It, it's tough. I would have Durant. Uh, Curry's had his ups and downs. We know that. Um, it, so Durant, Kawhi, and Harden. That you know, if Durant played all of his games, or you know, seventy five of his games then those three should be the, you know, they should be the top three. And that that's how I define the MVP. Um, should I talk about the MVP rating for a second? Yeah, please, because I, I, oh, yeah. I'm not familiar with that. It's kind of a yeah. homegrown rating system, which I'm always yeah. into. If you, you know, people who know the show, uh, we just make yeah. up our own as we go. So I, I'm yeah, interested I'm not- in this. Yeah, Ryan and uh, Tom, I'm not sure sure if you all are like you know big stat nerds or if you just more like the eye test. I'm not too sure. Everyone has their I'm, own. I'm kind of a nerd. Yeah, everyone has their own little spice of life there. I, I think that for me, I'm a big stat guy. So I just thought, well, let's take five important concepts. Let's take um, real plus minus. That's ESPN's new metric for the last three years. It just all encompassing impact of a game. Draymond Green's like the king of RPM. Uh, Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard's up there too. 
Uh, let's take that. Let's add it to your box plus minus, which there's other be- there's better metrics than box plus minus. But you know, for the sake of this, I just chose that BPM, and uh, that hey, just determines. The, yeah, for the listener base, tell us what is a box plus minus. Uh, I think the the actual definition is uh, points per 100 possessions you contribute to your team over what a replacement level player would contribute. So like Russell Westbrook is like 14.3. That's the most in the league because you know what he does on you know passing the ball and, and scoring the ball. You know a replacement level player just can't they can't do that. Um, and that you know, I think Kawhi's is like plus eight this year, plus 8.1. I'm looking at it now. So I added those two together. And then the third component, my favorite thing, and it's one of the uh, visuals on my piece, is win shares per 48 minutes. How many wins you contribute estimated on a 48 minute skill? Um, Kawhi is second in the league in this year behind Kevin Durant, <laughs> crazy enough. And um, and then I took that, multiplied it by P, or uh, took the average of win shares per 48. And PER, just you know, because they're uh, they're always going to be in the twenties or so. So I right. took the average of that, and then I just added estimated wins con- added to your team, which is an ESPN metric by John Hollinger, and that spit out a big formula, or that spit out a big number, and from that you'll get your statistical MVP. And I'll I'll, I'll frame it as that your statistical MVP because it doesn't have any context in it. It's just raw numbers, right? There's no eye test involved with that. There's no story, narrative, anything like that. Yeah. Um, you got to stick to the and, narrative, man. You you got to remember yeah. our, our listener base are San Antonio. They they can't add. They don't know all these <laughs> yeah. statistical things. Yeah. Got to give yeah. give us the story. <laughs> what that what that MVP rating because Russell Westbrook's is seventy point forty seven or something now after I updated it. Um, that does not that does not put in context what the team's record is. It, you can get a little bit of it because Winshare's poor 48 is going to be higher for the top-seeded teams than it is for the lower-seeded teams. That's why Kawhi's is way higher than Harden's or um, Russell Westbrook. So in a way, it does matter what team you are on. But it also, you know, you, just, you can't factor in that San Antonio is going to be a 64-win team and the Thunder is like a 47-win team. So that's probably the flaw in it. Russell Westbrook leads all players in MVP rating. And if we were all statistical nerds in this universe, Russell Westbrook should be the MVP. But that's the beauty of the narrative. And um, I then after I devised the MVP rating, I simply just went sub- I went subjectivity all over the place. I just I, I devised my own right. top five, top eight <laughs> list after I, after I saw what the stats say. So. Well, I, yes, I want to hear about that a little bit because, you know, I, I approached this when, when Tom – you know, contacted, uh, I think Tom, you, you spoke with Jose first and, you know, we talked about the, the, the idea of, of bringing on the show and that it was a Kawhi letter piece and how he's going to be the MVP. And, you know, people that, that listen to the show think that I hate the Spurs, which is a really odd thing <laughs> because, you know, I, for me, especially in this race, uh, I have to say I'm a Houston Rockets guy. James Harden to me is the MVP and there's not even a close second. I think that Russell Westbrook gets a lot of play from the media pundits because, you know, they're infatuated by this triple-double situation that he's putting up, right? Could average a triple-double for the year, is in striking distance of all-time records, Oscar Robinson type of stuff, uh, Robertson type of stuff. Um, Pretty amazing statistical performance. But his team, I'm not going to say that they suck, but they're just so mediocre. They're so mediocre, and you can't really anticipate them doing well in the playoffs. And you look at a guy like James Harden, who has come into this season from – I don't think people remember. Dude, Houston was horrible last year. Like, bad, oh, yeah. bad, bad. You know? Um, uh, and James Harden's come into into this situation, embraced <laughs> a new spot. Um, you know, he's second in the league in points per game, very closely behind Russell Westbrook, who has to do everything for his team. James, remember, James Harden's got shooters, so he doesn't mm-hmm. have to do everything for his team. 29.3 points per game. Um, he, you know he's leading the league in assists. I, I'll repeat that: James Harden, James Harden <laughs> is leading the league <laughs> in assists with 11.4 assists per game. Uh, that's next level kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, and and you know his team is good. So I was approaching this interview thinking I can't wait to learn something because you know you talked to me about Kawhi Leonard being the Spurs MVP. Got it. Kawhi Leonard being Defensive Player of the Year for the third time in a row in the NBA, got it. I think he's he's definitely got that. 
Talk about Kawhi yeah. Leonard as the NBA MVP. I struggle with that given James Harden's mm-hmm. performance. Oh, I struggle with it. Uh, wait, uh, Tom, you want to pitch in? Yeah. Um, well, I just kind of wanted to, you know, go, going off that, yes, Harden is putting up ridiculous numbers. And my favorite thing about uh, uh, Brody averaging the triple-double is the year Oscar Robertson did that, he finished third in the MVP voting, <laughs> which is like a hilarious thing that nobody talks about. Um, but I actually kind of wanted to ask, uh, in – in this era right now, it seems like every time I turn on the TV, it's a player doing something that hasn't been done since Jordan or Robertson or ever. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, overall stats. Harden and Westbrook are both going to shatter the record for uh, turnovers in the season. But, you know, we yeah. won't talk about that. <laughs> uh, do you guys think that's more about the players today or the way the game is being played? Gosh, it's definitely like the inflation of how the game is played. The pace, man. Um, I haven't. I need to look at. I need to look that up right now. But like the pace, I, I think the top rated team in two thousand would have would have ranked like fourteenth or fifteenth today in pace. It, it's getting yeah. it's getting out of control. Like in turn, like in a good way. Like I love out of control. <laughs> like Mike D'Antoni, what he's done for the game. Um, Steve Kerr now. You know, Pop, the Spurs are the fourth slowest pace right now, but he doesn't mind to push the tempo. You know, like he, he definitely encourages it, encourages it in some ways, um, just not all the time. He wants them to be, you know, cool and collected. Mm-hmm. Um, the way that, you know, the Jazz are obviously really slow in, in today's game still, but they're they're effective. So I think that uh, what you're talking about, inflation of stats and, and the turnovers and the points and the assists and the rebounds even, um, you're getting it to where just – Players are so skilled that you have to be, you you have to be so focused defensively to stop it. Um, I don't think there's anyone in the world that can stop James Harden. Like, ten, you know, Hart, Kawhi one on one could probably stop him four times. Just because he's Kawhi's really good, the probably the best defensive player I've seen in my life. But hard offense beats defense every time. Mostly, you know, you guys know that. Like, yeah. offense just always wins. Yeah, I yeah. I agree with uh, with the standpoint that it's a it's a pacing factor, Tom. To answer your question, uh, and, and certainly to agree with Shane here, my the thing that I would challenge, and, and maybe it's even less of a challenge, is that despite Golden State's singular championship as of as of late, there's not another recent team, at least mm-hmm. that I can recollect, <laughs> where it's been the the fast moving, uh, quick style of play that's uh, you know up and down the court that's won the title. It's the slow-moving teams that have won the title. Even the Spurs in, t- in 2014, where it was the beautiful game, it was a lot of passes, but it was out of half-court sets. Golden State's mm-hmm. doing it running right. up and down the, the court, and they won one, could have won two, but you saw um, that Cleveland running half-court sets are what really took that, took that title. So what I would say to counter that is quick pace, movement, speed up and down the court – you know that wins regular season games, and that's great. But when things really, get, when benches get short and things really get compacted during the during the playoffs, and especially in, in the title rounds, um, that's when you see the the slower paced teams like your San Antonio Spurs. Uh, in fact, like you know your Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, those are the teams that end up winning titles. You're right. Um, I, the closest we had, we just got because um, I, I just looked. The 2012 Thunder, you know, obviously you don't want to bring up bad memories, but come back down 0-2 and beat the Spurs in, in the West Finals. Um, yeah, They were fifth in pace, and they won that first game against Miami. And I thought, like, I was I was counting off Miami, and and Miami come back and won four straight. So, I mean, we did come close to having a really fast team win it. But uh, I think you're right, Ryan. Like, it doesn't really happen a lot. So how can we just say that? that's the way that it's going. But um, I think that with the Warriors and the – you said the Cavs run pretty slow offense too if you if you watch them. I mean, sometimes they, they knock it up a few notches, but most of the time they're slow. But with the Warriors probably going to, you know, get to the finals a few more years during this era, um, we might see a lot more championships that way. So, Well, talk to us about Kawhi specifically and yeah. your argument for him being the MVP. We know Kawhi is a two-way player – uh, but I think that that's sort of the headline, right? That's what most 
Spurs uh, followers, Spurs fans. That's what they know. Kawhi's two-way player, oh, yeah. great defensive player, scores a bunch of points now for the Spurs. Uh, about 26 points a game, which doesn't really even put him in the top. Well, it certainly doesn't put him in the top five. Uh, mm-hmm. But but why would a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who statistically uh, doesn't, I mean, I, I say he doesn't really show up, but he's not really in the top five of any of the big categories that people watch: points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game. He's not. There. Oh yeah. Uh, why oh yeah. Would a guy like Kawhi be be the man? Oh yeah, you're right. I, I've always said if you go into a go to a random non NBA city like um, I don't know Omaha, Nebraska, or something, and, and ask five people um, who the most impressive players are this year, you will not get Kawhi Leonard. Like uh, you'll get James Harden, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry. You won't get Kawhi Leonard. He's not popular. Um, he, you're right in a, in some sense. He, the stats don't. He, he doesn't match up to those guys on a per game scale. I've always pushed for people to want to look at per 100 possessions. Um, you know, I think that that really evens the playing field in which Kawhi averages more points per 100 possessions than James Harden, which is just fascinating. Um, you know, I wish the Spurs would. I, you know, sometimes I, I know you all. I know you all have watched the Spurs and thought this too at some point. You just wish Kawhi would be more aggressive in certain points of the second quarter, third quarter, not when it's get down to the wire. Um, I wish he would just be more aggressive throughout the whole game. But, yeah. again, you can't really do that and also have the energy to do what he does on the other end. So Kawhi, Kawhi's MVP case specifically for me, it comes down to this. Um, if you're just think of you think of yourself playing in a pickup game against, you know, guys that are your quality of skill or better um, and, and you're playing with them at five on five and you have to be the best defensive player on your team and you have to make sure that you're guarding the best player and the best ball handler. You have to do that for 48 minutes or for 40 minutes, 36 minutes, whatever the case may be. And uh, you also have to carry the team offensively for him at 25. I know 25 is pretty young, but for him to, to have that energy to do this for 66 games so far and, you know, going to finish a game over seven, uh, going to finish the season over 70 games. It's just impressive. I've never seen anything like it. And I'm sure Michael Jordan would sit here and tell you that he had this type of defensive uh, mindset and skill and effort all through his great offensive days. Maybe I'm not old enough to remember that, but, the way Kawhi just you keep just, throwing that out there, man. That you're so young, and it makes me feel yeah. so old. Well, Thanks yeah, for I doing that. <laughs> I, I I'm even younger, Ryan. Oh I don't my god! To, I don't want people to listen to this and say like I'm, you know, I you haven't watched them play, and you don't know anything. Like I know I don't. <laughs> um, but like I, I've never seen anything like this in my life, and for Kawhi to do this at almost a yeah. 50, 40, 90 scale. Yeah, athletes are, athletes are better now, right? I, I, yeah. I get it. I mean, there's aberrations. Like, so Jordan was fantastic, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not in my fifties, right? So, but so, but Jordan, Jordan was fantastic. But the guy to me at that time was Karl Malone because he yeah. was very LeBron esque, where he's just this. What do you do? The guy's two hundred and forty pounds. All he has is muscle, right? So Karl Malone is kind of the guy. Um, I, I kind of want to center the conversation here because the people that are in the in the race, right? We talk about Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and then you know Kevin Durant before injury. I think we can all agree that Kevin Durant's sort of out of it, right? Because of the injury. Yeah. If he wasn't yeah, injured, I, people would have been talking. He won't about make him. he won't make top five ballots. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. So yeah. top four. Uh, and let me know if you guys disagree, Tom, especially you, right? Because do we have Russell Westbrook, James Harden, uh, LeBron James, and then Kawhi Leonard probably in the top four? Yeah. Because I kind of want to pinpoint arguments against those, right? So if I look at Kawhi Leonard, even if I go straight statistics, based on what you hear in the media, right, you'd think that LeBron was a more uh, prolific scorer when, in fact, they score the same average, 26 points, 26.0 yeah. on the nose per night. Um, Kawhi does it in fewer minutes, three and a half fewer minutes. Kawhi does it on the same number of field goal attempts, which is ridiculous. I mean, how are these guys exactly the same player? 17.9 field goal attempts per game. Uh, Kawhi makes fewer of them, right? So he's less efficient, um, but but only by, by you know, a, a single digit, right? So he's... He's at 8.7 field goal attempts made. LeBron's at 9.7. These guys are the same player, except when it comes to the free throw line, right? Which is a a 
core component of the NBA and certainly of a guy like Kawhi's game. It, Kawhi, it's remarkable. Yeah, it's Kawhi remarkable. Leonard's an 88.5% free throw shooter. And, and this was surprising to me when I was doing a little bit of research for, for the show. How is LeBron a sub-70% free throw shooter? How did that? How is that possible? Because we talk crap about every player, but God forbid you talk about King James. But dude, from the stripe, like that is bad. That's that's like that's that is not good. Bad, yeah. you know, that's really it, bad. It wouldn't be bad if he would if he was only taking. Um, I don't know what how many he's taking per game, but if he was only taking two or three or like one or two or three per game, he's it wouldn't be seven. bad because he's taking yeah, seven. That's S- crazy. same as Kawhi. Same as, yeah, uh, that's seven point one for LeBron, seven point five for Kawhi. Yeah, that's crazy. I did that just want to. LeBron's put leaving all those points on the on the board, or he's he's missing opportunity to score a lot of points because I, I don't know how you drop. What was he a seventy four percent free throw shooter in his first in his early Cleveland days? Like I don't know how you drop like that to where you're you know a little bit better than Dwight Howard from the line I don't I don't know how you do that's, that that's right exactly yeah not not much better than some of the guys that we think are all-time bad right yeah I think in terms of scoring they're they're very comparable and like you know when passer i think um he doesn't get enough credit for how good his passes are especially you know when he drives draws double teams and, and kicks to the open man it's he's gotten very very good at that mm-hmm. but you know Le- lebron the way lebron raises everybody around him is kind of unparalleled i think mm-hmm. yeah i would agree i mean he he's kind of the complete player right i mean we, we talk about yeah. lebron in terms of all-time <laughs> nba greatness and we'll talk about him as an all-around player and he's you know, someday there'll be some, you know, uh, Mount Rushmore, and, and LeBron's got to be on there. And, and even if he stopped playing today, if he just walked away today, said, you know what, I'm done. I just want to go do Sprite commercials for the rest of my life. Uh, he would still be on that that Mount Rushmore. Um, Kawhi probably not, but to your point, he's he's like nine assists a game. LeBron Kawhi is not yeah. an assist yeah. guy, right? So I mean, he's he's low. I don't I don't know what it is, but it can't be more than four assists a game, right? Um, you know, but but those guys, if you looked at them just sort of head to head, I think that the media has led us to believe that LeBron is a more dominant player uh, for his team than Kawhi is, and I, I would say that it's just not true. Yeah, in some of those core core uh, um, uh, metrics that we look at. And then add it into the things that don't show up in the stat line, uh, which is you know defensive help, taking the most dominant player any position defensively, and that's what we get out of out of Kawhi as a wing player. Mm-hmm. You're right. Um, I, someone asked me this the other day: um, How would I differentiate LeBron and or or how would I gauge Kawhi's uh, effectiveness out there? And I and I said, think about this. All of us probably universally have LeBron James in our top four or five all time, correct? Probably, right? In terms um, of like, it's somewhere it's, around there. It, yeah, it's right. It's right there. He's on the Mount. Yeah. I don't know how many heads are on the Mount Rushmore, but right. you know he's he's yeah. pretty close. Okay, so LeBron's probably top five all time, and then we have. Kawhi and LeBron's only thirty-two. Now, not some old geezer out there. He, he's he's still in, a, in good playing days. But kind of Kawhi check, Leonard, check the hairline, check the hairline. Yeah, <laughs> check the hairline, guys. <laughs> but Kawhi Leonard is is his kryptonite. LeBron James, I, like I'm not in. I'm you know I don't talk to LeBron. I don't know LeBron, and I don't. I'm not at every game that he plays. But if you watch him, his demeanor changes when Kawhi comes on the court. His demeanor changes when Kawhi is guarding him. He gets a little bit flustered. Like, he is a problem for him. And LeBron still can score 25 points at, at 50% shooting when Le- when Kawhi's on the floor, because he did in the 2014 finals. It was a crazy good finals for LeBron, and they lost. But he, he gives him problems. And for Kawhi Leonard to do that to a top-five player of all time in his late prime, that's really all you need to know, I think. Well, <laughs> it's talk, crazy. Well, talk about Popovich, Tom. I mean, what's Popovich's position on this? Because he typically plays Danny Green on LeBron. And we saw that just uh, the other night uh, where Danny Green was the guy shutting down LeBron. 
Um, it goes back and forth. The, the Spurs switch a lot, obviously. And, you know, Kawhi in the first quarter made a couple of really good plays on LeBron defensively. He, um, LeBron attacked him in the pick and roll and tried a pocket bounce pass. And Kawhi just swallowed it up and, and started a transition break. And that block on him was sick. Um, you know, Gar- there's that, that video, uh, I think it's from the 2014 finals. Of, yep. <laughs> uh, you know, you see you see Kawhi, there are two. There's one where Kawhi like, has his hand right in front of his face and it's slow motion. Uh, and, and LeBron just looks like, please get me out of here. And there's another one where LeBron's on the floor. Uh, and he sees Kawhi checking in, and he's like, ah, damn it. Like, he's visibly upset that Kawhi's checking in. Um, and I don't know. I mean, D- Danny Green does play on LeBron a lot defensively, matchup-wise. Um, but, you know, if the game's on the line, I want Kawhi Leonard guarding LeBron James. Sure, sure. That's... And a lot of people, I'm surprised a lot of people didn't know about the more steals than fouls thing. Uh, yeah, you know, it blew up, and I'm like, I thought this was a, a common knowledge. That, like, I thought it was already, you know, it's already been known. I know Keekson Ramirez was talking about it like in a few weeks ago, and I, I, thought, I thought people knew about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, so so we've got our top four, and we've just eliminated LeBron James from contention, right? So we've moved in yeah. the tournament here. We've moved Kawhi Leonard up. Talk to me about why. Kawhi Leonard, a guy who's played, you know, seven fewer games than a dude like Russell Westbrook, is not averaging a triple double, is not leading the NBA in points, um, is is making fewer field goals, is attempting a lot fewer field goals, is not as offensively offensively proficient, is not assisting, has like seven fewer assists per game than a guy like Russell Westbrook. Why is Kawhi Leonard? a more valuable player to his team than a guy like Russell Westbrook. Uh, Tom, do you want to, do you want to take some on this? Yeah. So for me, it, it comes down to wins and losses and Brody. I, I love Russell Westbrook. So I would run through a brick wall for Russell Westbrook. I love watching him play so much. (laughs) I, I love that man. Um, but, Okay, you know, we're saving that. He's, we're using he's that. He's one of those. Later. <laughs> he's one of those guys that says, you know, I don't care about the triple double. I just, I just want the win, and I, I believe. Him. Yeah, because that's how he plays. He always plays for the win. By his own metric, though, of success, he's failing like forty-five percent of the time. And I don't really like the narrative that you know he has no help in OKC. It's a bunch of scrubs. It's not a bunch of scrubs. Andre Robertson is like a, a top five wing defender in the league. Uh, Cantor and Adams gave the Spurs fits in the playoffs last year. Right. They, Oladipo is about as good a backcourt pairing as you can get for a guy like like Westbrook. They, they're, they're not the best team in the league by far, but you know they have some talent. And I think... I think it's just very, very difficult to give the MVP to a guy whose team only wins, you know, what are they on pace for? 49, 49 wins? 47, I think. Yeah. See, like, and especially when you have the the Rockets on pace for 10 wins better than that. Yeah. And the Spurs on pace for, for 10 wins better than that. Well, yeah. What if I told you that Russell Westbrook was the most efficient player in the NBA? Does that sway you at all? Uh, he's not. No, he is. <laughs> he, he is. He's the most efficient player in the NBA. In the NBA. His efficiency rating is 33.5. Well, his oh, P- his PER. Yeah. yeah. PER. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the PER. Yeah. I mean. PER takes into account a lot of things. Um, it, like, he, he is efficient at, at what he does. He gets to the free throw line. At an enormous rate, like eleven free throws per thirty-six minutes, it's it's ridiculous uh, how much he's getting fouled. Um, and and you know you have to credit that to him because he's he's also shooting eighty-four percent from the line. So mm-hmm. he's 
getting the easy points for OKC. And if he didn't do that, then they wouldn't have they wouldn't have thirty wins right now. And I think right. we all agree that yeah, we we all agree that team without him being out there, they're they're probably not gonna not they're probably gonna be in the lottery and they're probably gonna be drafting um in the top five. So Russell Westbrook I, I've said that if you want to take the literal definition of like the most valuable player to your team, give him the award. If that's the if that's what we're all about, then he definitely needs that award. He definitely needs to give that speech in May. But that speech I, I would be horrible, it, by the way. Oh, it's gonna be a terrible speech. It would be horrible. <laughs> it, it would only be eclipsed by the horribleness of James Harden's speech. Which I can't even believe how ridiculous that would be. Harden, I tell you what, though, the guy who would lead it in the worst speech has got to be Kawhi. Because what would he say? He'd mumble a couple of things. Like we, we have actually have no idea what he would say. He might go up there and crack jokes. We, I, I, we never heard him speak. I think that would be the first time. Did did he cry at the end of the 2014 finals? I don't know if he cried. That this would probably be the first time he cries. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm pretty not too sure. I mean, remember when he won the MVP, the the finals MVP? It was just like. Yeah, basketball's good. You know, <laughs> it was like it was like very little emotion. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, so I think that if we're if we're sticking on Westbrook, um, what here's why I would not give him the MVP. I think a lot of people, and I'm sorry if, if you all are in this. I, I I think a lot of people are freaking out about the triple double thing, but the eight he he averages eight point five uncontested rebounds a game. Okay, so like that yeah. un, uncontested rebounds is. Two and a half feet within the vicinity is where a defender has to be for it to be a contestant. Oh, man. You're such a nerd. You're such a I, nerd. <laughs> I am. I no, am. no, but he's so right. Yeah. He's so, so right. like, think about it. Like, I go back to like, just put yourself into the put yourself into his shoes in in, in a basketball player's position. If you're shooting a, a jump shot or shooting a free throw, and all of your guys just get back, and you're the one that is charging in there to get the rebound it does take effort that that's commend like that's needs to be applauded that the effort the energy to go get that but why is that rebound that he goes that he goes to snag where no one else is even trying to get it why is that more valuable than than you know what Kawhi does or what Harden does I just don't understand well I think he's getting all the odd bounces though right I mean you don't feel it that way I mean he the, the ball's there he gets in a position to grow. I, I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. I mean, the, the stats it's are weird. inflated, but yeah, it's uh, a it's, weird. It's a weird statistic. It's just a strange yeah. one. Um, in fact, see, to be honest, one I've games. never heard. <laughs> what, Tom? I'll see it in games where you know, on when the opponents are shooting a free throw. Say, you know, he's he's where where the center's supposed to be, just so he can get that board. Like, maybe that's maybe know, that needs to be applauded. Maybe that's good. Like maybe we should praise him for that for for trying to do that. Or maybe I don't. I'm not too sure what what we should do about that. Should we like it or should we hate it? I don't know. <laughs> I, I've that that's kind of borderline. But the one that we definitely should not applaud is, you know, I, I was watching a game the other day, and a guy was coming down the lane at him, and he he didn't even test a shot. He just boxed out. Yeah, and, and it was like. Yeah, that's not really helping your team. Yeah, and objectively, if we all three watch the Thunder play, there's so many possessions that Russell Westbrook just falls asleep in in, in ball watches. He lost Steph Curry the other night. Um, I guess it was like a week and a half ago. Um, Curry just running circles around the perimeter while Russ is ball watching on Clay, and and Curry gets a wide open corner three that he shoots like eighty thousand percent from. So, um, I, right, you know his defense. He is the biggest mystery, like not, not even a mystery, because we all know the answer to this. I think it's just the casual fans that that like love Russell Westbrook that that think that he's this big energy robot and he and he's so good defensively, but really he makes so many mistakes that it's it's really hard to love it because he's given up so many points on the other end. But I, you know, I would not be upset if Russell Westbrook finished second. Uh, I just would be upset if he won it. So, <laughs> so so we're down. To, I mean, Harden. we're down yeah. to Harden. I really want to hear this case uh, about about James Harden and why <laughs> Kawhi would win the MVP over James Harden. Um, because I'm one of these guys who thinks that the MVP. You mentioned it. What, what did you mention? Your definition of the MVP is it, succinctly. What was that? Uh, I just said it has to be a dominant player uh-huh. on a powerhouse team. On a powerhouse and, team. 
Yeah, that's it. And, and the way I define it uh, is if I was starting a team today, who would I get? Who's the most valuable okay. player in, in the NBA, and who would I grab as my number one guy? Um, I've never heard that one. Yeah, just to say, you know, I'm starting – like I'm playing pickup ball, right? And, you know, I, I got that guy. Who would that guy be, yeah. right? Um, and it might be Kawhi Leonard for all for all intents and purposes. But um, let me, let me – so let's talk about James Harden. Why would I not say – why would I pick Kawhi Leonard ahead of James Harden when James Harden is leading the MVP – or leading the NBA in free throws, free throw attempts, which means he's getting the line, assists – Unfortunately, turnovers. All right, <laughs> but yeah. to be fair, yeah. Um, overall assist counts and then assists per game, uh, and he's second in points. Why would I get a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's statistically not in the top five in any of these uh, categories? Why would I select a guy like Kawhi Leonard over a dude like James Harden? And and that is the uh, that is the toughest case. Like Harden versus Kawhi, you could probably we could probably have a three hour conversation about that because it. There's so like you're not wrong. No, no one can be wrong about this unless you say neither of them really deserve it. I mean, that's the only way to be wrong. Um, I, you know, I guess at this point, I think you all would agree you have to split hairs. You just have to like you have to just pick things that you value versus things that you don't value. And when you're choosing Harden versus Kawhi, maybe for me that hair that I'm going to split is head to head against the top teams. Right. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. it's going to be. And Harden. It's five and six now, five and seven because they lost to the Warriors against the top teams, and he's shooting forty percent. I think it's now thirty nine percent against uh, Golden State, San Antonio, Cleveland, and Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. He beats to me. Harden does this. He beats up on the very, very bad teams. I think his fifty point triple double, which. The fact that I'm even saying a 50-point triple-double means that he should probably be the MVP. Um, That was against the New York Knicks, the second-worst team in the league. Um, Like, I think you just have to value what he's done against top competition. Uh, I like to hear, Tom, how would you even construct a case that Harden – or that Kawhi should get it over Harden? So, for me, I think it comes down to – I mean, uh, Harden's defense isn't – isn't like yeah. suspect. It's it's straight up awful. Like right. he's he's making an, a bit of an effort now because you know I I think because he realizes that that might be a consideration. Um, but like that's literally half of the game of basketball. Mm-hmm. And as good he as good as he is at the other half, I I love. It. I don't think anybody runs a pick and roll in today's NBA better than James Harden and these Rockets because oh, no. they they get every shot they want and a lot of times you know they want you to help on that roll man so that they can kick it out to the corner for the extra point um and and harden is a master at that i think the rockets have done a tremendous job i think d'antoni is the coach of the year um but in terms of overall impact on the game and and what yeah you know, just taking both ends of the floor into consideration, I th- I think it's Kawhi over yeah. Hart. Uh, I'll say this before Ron jumps in. I'll say this because uh, I because I've been wondering this for a while. Um, okay, Harden has a really 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 good game. Like just say Harden's clicking on all the cylinders and having a great game. The Rockets are still in, in are still not even promised to win that Knicks game. I believe it came down to the wire. I had to go look, but I yeah. believe it was a close game. That's the only way he would be in the game to have that. Now, save Kawhi is having a really masterful game. I know the Spurs roster is is more experienced and, and I guess you could say you know talented than, than than the Rockets. They're not as good as shooters as the Rockets, but um, that you know they're more talented. So it obviously skews that a little bit. But if Kawhi is having a masterful, great game, I think that there's no chance there's no chance any other team wins other than the Spurs. I, the way he controls a game is just to me better than Harden, but. Harden gets the easier points, the free throws. He draws so many fouls from three point range. It's almost it's almost sickening how good he is at that. Because if you're handed, I, I watched yeah. one player. I can't remember who it was that was trying to guard him uh, last. It was it was uh, Iguodala that was trying to guard him, and he kept on just moving his hands back because he knew, like he knew that if 
if he gets caught there for more than t- two seconds, then Harden's going to fake it and throw it up at the rim and be three free throws. Well, you know, so to, he's to that metric, he's, he's has over 90 uh, drawn fouls on three points attempt, three point attempts oh, this year. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. When I heard that the first time, I said 90. That's got to be a misprint. Like nine might be the right number, right? No, 90. That's insane <laughs> to, your, to your point. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I'm conflicted by this because – Tom, your argument is uh, is so true, right? I mean, let, let's talk about complete basketball players. Uh, I think there's no question. I mean, I'm talking soup to nuts out of any of these guys other than LeBron. The most complete uh, is is got to be Kawhi because he plays on both ends. And and then even at that, I mean, I think LeBron is more dominant. Um, I mean, not dom- dominant defender, but more dominant rebounder, which is one of those key statistics: defensive rebounds. Uh, but he plays a different position. Right, you know, he's supposed to get those rebounds because he's the guy that's down right. there. Um, and so I, you know, I look at that and say, well, the more complete player certainly is Kawhi Leonard. I don't think that you can escape the fact that this is not done in a vacuum, which is which is one of um, Shane's earlier points, right? That um, you know, part of this is narrative, and the narrative yeah. of the year is this incredible change for the Houston Rockets and, and, and what they've gone through. And I think that James Harden's been, I mean, he has been the, the driver of that. Um, I will say that the argument there, I, I think, is is a little bit overblown between James Harden and Russell Westbrook. I, I do think myself that it's uh, it's James Harden versus Kawhi. Uh, I, just, I just can't see, given the numbers and the transformation that James uh, Harden yeah. has gone through this year, I just can't see giving it to Kawhi. But I, I certainly see him as a... Um, as a, as, a, as a second, maybe a distant second, but I'd be disappointed if Kawhi Leonard didn't come in second place for the MVP. And yeah. I, I certainly think he's destined for that in his career. It's just in, oh. in the terms of the, the, the overall narrative uh, and the storyline that comes with this season, the story has all has been all about uh, the Houston yep. Rockets and James Harden and, uh, and certainly not Kawhi. So I think you have to give him the edge for that, don't you? You nailed it there. Um, I... The funny thing is, if Kurt, if Stephen Curry doesn't hit 402 threes, and if the Warriors just have a you know ho hum normal year, then Kawhi Leonard already has an MVP last year. Yeah, right. He finished right, exactly. second. Exactly. Like <laughs> the fact that he finished second last year, and that he could probably finish second again. Like I, I don't know what. I guess LeBron might have done that, finished second twice in a row. Jordan's probably done that too. But um, I yeah, I would say I would I want to ask you all this. Would if Kawhi Leonard had the personality of Russell Westbrook, and I guess Harden doesn't doesn't really have that personality. Harden kind of sometimes, you know, most of the time keeps to himself and, and doesn't really uh, right. flaunt and taunt and all that. Would he be getting a lot more votes if he had the Russell Westbrook, you know, mentality of uh, I'm going to, you know, embarrass you? <laughs> it's tough to say because. I think- there's no question that if he was a little bit more, you know, talkative, a little bit more of a media presence. Yeah. Tommy, you good? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, no, I don't know Tom, if you dropped off I, there. I've, I've had I've had issues with this. I thought I thought I just lost the audio for a second. Oh no, but, you're good. Yeah, no. I think I think if if he was more of a celebrity. Yeah. Um, that would definitely help his chances. I I kind of wanted to go back to to what Ryan was saying before about the the Rockets sucked last year. Now have been transformed. Shane, in your in your piece, you kind of hit the nail on the head. I think about why uh, holding the Spurs' success and sustained mm-hmm. success against Kawhi Leonard is incredibly stupid. Can can you expound on that? Yeah, um, I think that. Um, what what we do as basketball lovers, we love to somehow, in some way, forget what happened in the past and just think that it's all different now. Um, Larry Bird won. I have to see how many MVPs he won, but he won a couple, and he won those. Not you know he he didn't not win those because the Celtics were this great uh, culture, which they have always been a great culture since Bill Russell. They've always had good coaches in that. Ars, you know, in that uh, hierarchy, they've always had Red Arbach around, and the, Larry Bird had ridiculously good teammates with him. Um, he had the best defense in the league, and even when he didn't play, they still had a good defense. So 
and that that's kind of like Kawhi now. Whenever Kawhi doesn't play, they still have a really good defense. So um, I think that to hold that against Kawhi is just ridiculous. And and let's go with Michael Jordan. Did Michael Jordan ever finish below third or second in 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 an MVP race just because he had Scottie Pippen and the greatest um, winning coach of all time and Phil Jackson? Um, no, he didn't. He never finished below second or third. Uh, and a lot of people are putting Kawhi fourth. I said that he needs to not be a third or fourth talking point. It's okay if he finishes second. That's all right because Harden's doing all this stuff. But for him to be – because Kobe Bryant, I love Kobe to death, but he was on NBA Countdown the other day and said that they need co-MVPs, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. Didn't even really mention that you know we could have three co – like we could have co-co-co-MVPs. And Kawhi's just a third or fourth talking point, and LeBron James has never finished below – Third or fourth, you know, during these dominant seasons that he's had MVP wise, um, just because he had Dwayne Wade or Chris Bosch on his team, um, I, I I don't understand why that we're holding Greg Popovich, who is the greatest coach of all time. Um, I don't know why we're holding that and his, you know, old Tony Parker, old Pau Gasol, Lamarcus Aldridge, who's been up and down. I love him to death, but he's been up and down. I don't know why we're holding that against Kawhi Leonard this year. I think part of it is. Like you forget about him up there. I was I was yeah. talking to one of my buddies who you know is is not a Spurs fan, um, and and we were talking about the best teams in the league, and and he mentioned like four teams before we got to the Spurs, and I was like, hold on a second, oh, you know, what what about the Spurs? And I was like, they're they're on pace for like you know sixty five wins this year, and he's like, yeah, but they always do that, and that's <laughs> just kind yeah, of the national mentality. <laughs> I think. I, right, I think people. It's it's like an it's like an R seventy one Blackbird. It's just you know what's up there, but you forget about it. You, you yeah. can't see it. It's it's all the way up, and it's been there forever. Maybe it's, we need the Spurs to win like twenty games one time, and then and just start another fifty win streak, so we can right. remind everyone. Well, let's let's talk about that because that, that's uh, sort of the last question I wanted to give you. Because let's talk about the West, and because uh, the East, you know, the, the King has been uh, upset, right? So the the Cavaliers lost that number one overall seed. Uh, they may regain it, but in the West, Jose and I are are kind of broken up uh, on this. I feel like uh, the, the the top three seeds are kind of locked, right? Golden State is Absolutely. where they are. San Antonio is where they are. Uh, Houston's where they are. I think Houston is the one that's more locked than the other two. But do you see any chance, uh, given the fact that there are single digit games left, that uh, in, in fact Golden State's playing San Antonio tonight, being Wednesday night? Do do you feel like there's a chance that uh, that San Antonio can get into that number one seed in the West, and, and do they care? Oh yeah, uh, yes and no. <laughs> I think that they do not care. They don't care a bit because I, if you ask Popovich and Kawhi off like off the record, not whenever they're around media and cameras, they'll tell you they can win in Golden State. They show that they can win in Golden State. Um, the, what don't they have the best road record in the NBA this year? They do. Yeah. Okay. See, like I'm not. Yeah, I'm not concerned about um, if they want it or not, but can they? If they win tonight, which the game starts in like 20 minutes, if they if they win tonight, then they're only going to be a game and a half back. And I don't know if Pop is going to rest some, some guys. Um, knowing you know, knowing Pop, you all would say that he's definitely going to rest guys in the last two or three games, especially if they're against you know crappy opponents. Um, I think that the Warriors they're going to get Kevin Durant back for the last. My, my prediction, Durant's going to come back the last three games-ish against the Lakers. Um, that's the last game. And I think they're just going to win out. Uh, I think the I think the Warriors will win out. So the Spurs just need to play everyone um, against teams that really matter and, and, and try to win out if they, if they care about the one seed. But as we discussed, I don't think they do. Shane, you said, uh, you said earlier you think the Warriors are going to win tonight. I, I disagree. Uh, <laughs> but what – Give your case for the people. Uh, people will probably be listening to this after the game. So uh, I will right. say if, if they win, I think it's going to be because uh, I'm going to say they're going to win because they've just been on a streak right now. I mean, their defense is like right up. It's, it's better than the Spurs and since the All-Star break, marginally better than the Spurs. Um, Draymond Green, his ankle doesn't look He's he's moving around. He, he you know he's jumping around. He he doesn't look like he's hurt too much. So I think that uh, just the way they're clicking, the way Clay's playing, Clay's playing out of his mind right now. 
Um, yeah, he was ridiculous last night. Yeah, I think their offense is going to be too much tonight. But, you know, I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> I think that, um, you know, if it was just – if there was no – if it was just Spurs Warriors, probably Edge Warriors right now. But because it's the second night of a back-to-back for the Dubs and yeah. because they shoot like – Eight percentage points worse from three on the road. Um, wow! I, thi- I think yeah, it's like well, they were I think they're like forty-two percent at Oracle and yeah. and thirty-five on the road. Yeah, they were like eleven of forty-one. I think. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Um, the fact that they shot that many is horrible. It's just mind-boggling. But uh, you're right; the percentage is ridiculous. And and all the guys played. 33 minutes or more last night. So I think Spurs, fresher legs, home court advantage, take this one. All right. And I'm siding with Tom there because I have to, right? So uh, (laughs) Spurs win this one. I think so. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, That's it for this episode of the Spurs cast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at the Spurs cast. Catch up with the other co-host, Jose Grijalva at JRG1023. Me, I'm at RyanMC underscore PS. Tom, special guest, sir, tell them where they can get you on Twitter. At Real Tom Petrini, there are a couple of spoof accounts. So, watch out for those. Of course, this guy is so damn popular. And Shane, <laughs> tell us where we can get you and all your great work. At Young, at young NBA on Twitter. Um, I'm always tweeting out nonsense, so be happy to follow me. <laughs> if you oh. ever start a career, really good rap name. Yo, right. we got young NBA yeah. on track. <laughs> yeah. Well, make sure to follow these guys or any of the Project Spurs folks at Project Spurs. Head on over to ProjectSpurs.com. Check out some great articles by a really talented group of writers. Uh, guys, thank you so much. And to all you listeners, you're welcome. <laughs>